What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, September 16th, 2015, and you guys listening to episode 225, 75 episodes away from 300, and this December will be five years I've been doing this show. Can't believe it's coming up on half of a decade um, I don't even know what the anniversary date is, so if you guys even know, I know that the first one, I believe, was, you know, sometime in uh, December uh, 2011. The first episode was actually called The Verzi Fix, um, and then I changed it the next day because I wanted to make sure, uh, you know, I saw there was some podcasts with the name Fix in it. I was like, I want it to be different, so I changed it to the Verzi Effect, and uh, here we are, man, 225 episodes in. I hope everybody had a good break in between. I have a great show for you guys. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about, as always, so whether you are in your car, at the gym, at your office, wherever you are, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Um, this is episode 225, but first, before I get into it, of course, gotta shout out the sponsors. GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Up-and-coming comedians, established comedians. Uh, Dave Gavry, who's a, a up-and-coming comedian out there in Chicago, working really hard, funny dude. He uh, does a great interview with everybody, and the website's getting bigger and bigger. So if you want to read about it, if you're a comedy nerd, if you know, you know, uh, all sorts of different comedians and you want to read about them, I'm sure... Uh, some of them, if not most of them, are on there, so check out gonzofame.com. Also, are you in debt? Are you going through a divorce? going through a bankruptcy? Are you going through something shitty in your life? Well, the Verzi Effect podcast wants to help, okay? Uh, Brookings Mediation is a new sponsor, fairly new sponsor here on the show. What Brookings Mediation does is, it's basically in the name, they mediate, uh, they're not lawyers. They don't give legal advice. What they do, John Burton over there has been doing it for almost three decades. They uh, sit down with you. They try to settle your debt. They help you with a divorce without having to go to uh, lawyers and dealing with legal fees and pushed back um, you know, court appearances. And when the laws are already set and people get screwed, they spend so much money, they don't realize that this option is out there for them. Uh, people who've tried mediation all over have uh, really, really saved a lot of money and, more importantly, time on this service. Um, you can call Brookings Mediation at 877-415-7770, and uh, you can get a free consultation uh, with John wherever you are um, in the country. He will uh, talk to you and, uh, you know, get a free consultation to talk about whatever's going on with you. Uh, and... If you uh, decide to work with them and you say that the Verzi Effect podcast sent you, you will get a significant uh, discount, uh, up to 30%, guys, which is which is amazing. And I know everybody out there is dealing with stuff. I think it's a great fit. So, um, you know, please check them out. Call John Burton and go to brookingsmediation.com. Uh, also... Uh, I have to give a, a big shout out to uh, the home of my podcast, where the podcast resides, what network it's with, and that is All Things Comedy. All Things Comedy Network is amazing. They have amazing podcasts on there, some of the best podcasts, uh, comedy podcasts, just podcasts in the, the country, okay? Uh, they are such a great, um, such a great network for the artist, 
which is really rare, man. They care about the artists. They're not one of these networks that take all your money and do this. They want you, the artists, to get out there. I'm really happy to be on board with All Things Comedy. Uh, so check them out at um, at All Things Comedy on Twitter. You could go to allthingscomedy.com, but they're the best. They help out, man. Anytime I ever have an issue and I call them up, they're just the shit. Uh, so check that out and. I'm very happy to announce on episode 225 that is a done deal with my album. My album will be with uh, All Things Comedy slash All Things Records. That will be the label. The All Things Comedy uh, brand has, uh, you know, decided to to be my label for my album, which uh, is amazing to me. They've put out great albums, and I'm excited. Um, the artwork, I'm going to put out the artwork on social media so you guys could see it. The name of the album is called Paul Verzi Night at the Stand because I recorded it from my home club here in New York City at the Stand Comedy Club. And, um, it was a, it was a great time and I'm so excited. You can pre-order my album, guys, this Friday the 18th on iTunes. Okay, it's also going to be available on the Bandcamp and... Uh, in the future, we're working on right now, working on uh, Amazon, uh, Google, also um, Spotify. So the album is coming. Uh, pre-sale this Friday. Pick that up. Get it ready. And then uh, it will drop uh, a week from that Friday. That's when the comedy albums drop. September 25th. Friday, September 25th. The album will be out and available. So pick it up. Paul Verzi, Night at the Stand. It's been a long time. I thought I was going to have this album out a year and a half ago. And I'm glad I didn't because I have other material in there. And, uh, you know, for all you people that, you know, I know some of you people who listen to the podcast have come and seen me perform live. Some of you have not. Some of you might have just seen old clips on YouTube of me or whatever with material. Uh, But this is my first album. I'm proud of it. I think uh, it hits hard. And I think it really kind of captures my voice and the type of comedy that I that I do even though right now I'm working on another hour which has a totally different array of stuff but uh so you get my first album uh it'd be an honor to have my Verzi Effect podcast fans um who I think are the best fans my best fans for sure um to have that and uh you know so you could listen to Verzi Effect podcast and then you could just listen to my album right afterwards uh or in between weeks whatever but uh get that shit it's only 9.99 all right, I was going to go for 10 and I was like, you know what, let me go a cent less just to show to people that I care. So uh, get that, pre-order it this Friday on iTunes and it'll be available next Friday the 25th. So thank you to everybody for your patience, for your support. Thank All Things Comedy Records for taking my album and it also will be on Sirius XM Radio on the Comedy Channel uh, you know, in their rotation so you could check that out uh, as well. Okay, excuse me while I sip my unhealthy diet beverage here. Guys, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good with the diet. I have pretty much eliminated a ton of sugar and a ton of fucking carbohydrates from my diet. And I'm not going to lie, I'm starting to look good. I'm starting to tighten up, people. It's starting to look, it's coming together. All right, Uh, at least in my mind it is. So let let me think that. Um couple of things I want to talk about before I get into my unacceptable because I'm really starting to get pissed off about something. All right. There's definitely an issue that I'm having and it is my unacceptable for the week. I don't even know 
if I touched on this a long time ago, and I might have, this may be a repeat unacceptable, but it's happening so much with me right now that I have to address it again. I have new listeners. I have a new angst and anger for it, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you guys know pretty soon what it is, but um, it definitely has to do with Facebook, and it's fucking ridiculous. All right, um, I'm just trying to decide right here on the fly if I'm going to do your guys unacceptables first and then do mine. Um, but there was a lot of fucking things happening and I tried to keep my calm and keep my cool about it. And it just, it's now reached a point where it's not, it's not going to happen. All right. So here's what I'll do. I'll actually do your guys unacceptables first. Okay, and then I'll get into mine. Got a ton of stuff to talk about. Brutal loss for the Giants in week one. That fucking, that was crazy. Um, I don't even want to hear you Cowboy fans because that fucking place was silent. I'll get into that afterwards. Un- unbelievable. That could be an unacceptable in itself, what happened with the Giants. Um, got into a movie a little bit. Didn't see the whole thing, but I'll talk about that. It's something that I saw on Netflix that I want to talk about. Um... But let's get into uh, your guys' unacceptables. So the first unacceptable that I have here is from uh, James Russo. And he says, unacceptable. Living in a sweet-style dorm room with four guys to one bathroom. It is unacceptable to not lift the seat in a shared bathroom and spray the worst-smelling air freshener after somebody takes a dump. Damn. Uh, um... Yeah, dude, I, I, you know what, it, it is unacceptable to do that because you should have bathroom etiquette, um, but when it's four dudes and one bathroom, it's tough, man, because some dudes drink a lot, some dudes eat like shit, some dudes are like healthy, so somebody's just gonna get fucking, somebody's just gonna catch a really, really bad moment, and uh, that sucks. Um, the unacceptable could have stopped that living in a sweet style dorm with four guys to one bathroom. That could have just stopped. The real unacceptable here, James, and thank you for the submission, is that they're letting four dudes and one bathroom. I mean, I know that I guess in college they have to do it, but like, I just feel like colleges and like places like that should just have toilets fucking everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, you should be able to, if you're feeling sick and you have fucking three other roommates in college. Like I said, eating, drinking. If you feel like that or you feel sick, at least walk out into the hallway and find like another restroom really close, like in the hallway with a lot of stalls where you could at least kind of have some sort of fucking like emergency plan, you know. But that is definitely uh, unacceptable. Thank you for the uh, submission. This one is from Derek Morin and he says, uh, Paul, I'd like to get your insight on parenting situation I'm going through. I have a six-year-old stepson. My son is six as well. Uh, All the other kids in the neighborhood are 12 plus. He plays with the kids and they can sometimes bully him, but he just wants to be liked and has put up with it. Uh, That's not the issue. A new family moved in the neighborhood. They have an 11-year-old with some type of developmental disorder. Oh, Jesus. Uh, He's somewhere on the autism spectrum. He's come over smelling like piss a couple of times. He really... I'm sorry. I was fucking immature. Like, how fucking old am I? He comes over smelling like piss and I'm laughing at a fucking autistic kid. Um, He really likes playing 
uh, well, hold on a sec. Comes over smelling like Pisco. He really likes playing with um, this kid, and they uh, get along great. But ever since this kid moved here, my stepson has been being a little shit, breaking rules, lying, swearing, doing stupid things that are obviously wrong to do, and being sneaky as fuck. This kid is treating him better than the other kids in the neighborhood, but he's certainly a bad influence. We don't want to say he can't play with him because then he has no one to play with, but he is doing uh, some stupid shit. Got any advice? Thanks, Derek. Well, I know this is not an unacceptable, but I did say to submit some things you want me to talk about, so I'm just going to go through the list of the emails here, and this is just happens to fall here. So uh, thank you, Derek, and I'll, I will answer that question as best as I could. Um First thing is, I kind of grew up in a situation where I was always the youngest kid. And even the guys that really liked me, it's kind of just like the pecking. Or it's just like I would get fucked with a little bit or teased or they knew that I was a little vulnerable or maybe scared or insecure or some things. So they would kind of go at me, but they really liked me and still wanted to play with me. It sounds like that's kind of what's going on. Like it, it, sound, it sounds like the kids, it's not that they don't like them, it's just that they're so much older like you know my son plays with older kids and you know they they it's like kids can kind of sense like okay we're the older ones and we've been through this and this is just like a little kid so that sucks now the fact that this new kid came in and he's playing with your son or stepson and and it's going well is great um the problem is uh well I would do two things this is what I would do I would first talk to your I would first talk to your stepson and I'd be like look we're glad you're playing with, you know, so-and-so. Uh, we're glad you made a friend and that you have somebody that you really like and, you know, is not really bullying you or kind of picking on you. That's awesome. But we noticed that you're doing this and that and kind of out of character and you're doing things and, like, like, what's going on? Is this kid, is this kid really, like, cursing and is this kid, like, making you do this? Like, what's going on? And then you know, depending on how he reacts, I would kind of keep an eye on those two when they're together and see how that kid acts. And then if it gets to a point where it's like your son really loves hanging out with this kid, but this kid is just bad news, then I mean, I would eventually parents got to get involved, you know, because uh, quick story, there was somebody kind of you know, I remember, you know, there were a couple times where people with my son were either acting too, like, you know, just like blatantly wrong and rough and disrespectful. And then it just gets to a point where in some sense, like the, the parents have to kind of have like a, the parents kind of have to have some sort of like, you know, notify, like you got to let them know. They just, they just got to know. It'd be like, look, man, we love when so-and-so comes over. He He's really great with, you know, with, uh, with our little boy here, but you know, there's a lot of cursing and more things that weren't going on here. And I, you know, so, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I hate to, I, I never want to go to parents if it's not necessary because you want kids to grow up and be tougher and, and kind of figure things out for themselves. But you're dealing with double age here, man. You're dealing with a six-year-old compared to an older kid. And if the older kid doesn't know better, his parents need to. And that's really what I feel because I think when parents kind of, you know, understand things, you know, then, then things could change. And also it could make his, it could make the kid's parents say, Hey, look, you know, we're new to the area and this guy is your friend. And this, this kid is your friend and you're making them, you know, you're not being a good influence. So if you want to hang out, you're like, we can't keep hearing shit like this. That that's, that's what I would do. I would first. So that's my advice to you. I would first watch it myself, try to kind of 
do some undercover stuff, like when they're hanging out in a room or playing, just listen and see what the kid's doing. And if you just hear foul mouth, like really bad influence that you don't want your six-year-old around, then I would just go to the parents and be like, look, he likes the kid, but he's, you know, he's clearly, you know, cursing, talking older and, 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 and making my, uh, you know, son act kind of disrespectful and, and kind of uh, going at us as parents and it's not really cool so something needs to be done or they can't hang out anymore and uh, you know but at the same time you don't want your you know to look like he's telling on people so you would have to do it in a way where it was like you guys knew it was coming from him and that you see a change that that's that's the best advice I would give because that's the only time it's going to change because it's not going to change with with the kid it doesn't seem like the kid plus if the kid has like a, a developmental like like disorder i mean he may be you know kind of a little off or something so i don't know that's a tough one it's a great question it obviously shows you care about and give a shit about your stepson that would be you know my advice because me for me it's like look i think everything starts at home a lot of it you know i think there are bad seeds yeah of course there's definitely bad apples out there but i also think that um you know, my wife and I have, have seen, you know, friends of ours, their kids just act a certain way and the parents just go, what the fuck are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Stop doing that. Um, and unfortunately it sucks that there's not five and six year olds around for him to play with at his level. Instead, it's like these older kids, they try to be cool. They try to fucking talk like they see, you know, movies and stuff. So that's, but that's my advice. I would monitor it yourself and then it's got to get to parents, go to parents. That's what I would do. And there's nothing wrong with that to be like, look, man, no offense. Your kid's not going to fuck my kid up because my kid is raised like a gentleman and your kid's acting like that. I'm sorry. Thank you very much for the uh, for the submission and question. I hope that helps multiple people because that's what I do here, folks. All right. Here we go. This one, unacceptable from Lorenzo. Hi, Paul. Because there is nothing I love more than to get a Welsh... Uh, to get a well-spoken man like yourself fired up by pushing the right buttons, I thought I'd send in some, uh, <laughs> okay, okay, Belgian unacceptables. The first one needs no explanation. A woman, bare feet on a train, both of them on the seat next to her in a full train during rush hour, one mobile cage, please. Uh... Yeah, I mean, that's like you said. Bare feet up on a seat means the person was not, the person is not happy. Second, uh, the second one, see the added photo just before leaving. And he sent, here's a picture of like one of those like kind of cowboy hats that are like, I don't know, like a cowboy hat slash scarecrow hat. Uh, for the second one, see the added picture. Just before leaving on a, uh, on a sunny vacation, my cat ate my beautiful uh, Panama hat. Oh, okay. I thought that was like the style of it. The cat ate it. All right. The cat fucking pulled it apart. I got a cat story for you people too today. Uh, my cat ate my beautiful Panama hat. I live in Northern Europe. This means I can't take direct summer sun uh, that well. I don't know if my cat was taking revenge for leaving her the coming weeks, uh, but this was unacceptable. The result was I had to buy a new one if I didn't want to end up a red pasty fuck. The alternative was using the chewed up hat and looking like a scarecrow. There you go. That's what I thought it was. Um, The upside is that my cat has a cage. (laughs) No cage needed. Uh, (laughs) 
my cat hates me. Uh, that's great. Uh, that's a great one. Uh, oh my god, dude, you sent more. Well, yeah, I mean, at least you got another one. And I gotta be honest, the way the cat bit it, it almost looks like a style. Because it looks like every, like, six to eight inches they pulled on it. And it looks like it's, it almost looks like it was part of the hat. Uh, the third one is my unacceptable of the year. Okay, here's another picture. And if that's what I think it is, that that is one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. I will explain it to you people listening now. So it says, my unacceptable, my third one is my unacceptable of the year. You know the feeling. Have you ever had a very important business meeting tomorrow and you can't uh, screw up? You get a good night's sleep to be ready to shine the next day. No boozing too because you want your head clean. I get up, have a nice smooth old-fashioned shave and prepare myself a good healthy breakfast. I put on a killer outfit, check my papers, uh, and practice the lines I want to say before leaving. I kiss my girl and leave the house with a pep in my step, confident that everything is under control. Here's where things get nasty. You've got to know I live in an apartment building with 10 other apartments in the middle of a nice little Belgian city. Well, thank you for listening from there. We have no doorman. It's very clean, nice neighborhood, but next to the train station. Many people who go out in the city take the earliest train they uh, can to get home again, uh, to get home again, often shit-faced. Uh... To get back to my story, I got out of the elevator, went into the shared entrance hall, and smelled something awful. This is what I found. See picture number two. Guys, what I'm witnessing in this picture is a clean-looking bathroom. Very nice, beautiful, gray tile floors with splattered diarrhea shit all over it in two different, in two different kind of areas. One area looks like the first, <laughs> the first explosion. Okay. The, the first area looks like it obviously did the most damage. Then it looked like it dragged a little and then like its little brother fell out after it. It's fucking disgusting. Some animal crapped in the hall. It was absolutely disgusting. The worst thing is he, oh, he pissed against uh, our glass doors too. You could see by the color and that consistency of the shit, you obviously had a few drinks. Oh my god, apparently the public bathrooms of the train station, quarter mile further down the road, were uh, too far away for this animal. I can't imagine doing this myself. The entrance hall is lit up at night, and oh my god, and can be seen clearly from the busy street. Luckily, I was able to man up, uh, call the cleaning service to take care of this, and aced my meeting. Sometimes life throws you a curveball, but you don't expect... Uh, uh, you don't expect to confuse you and screw things up. Uh, this time it didn't work. One airtight bathroom equipped cage, please. Thanks for the laughs. Keep up the good work. Sorry for any spelling errors. No worries, dude. For somebody from you know far away like that, you spelled everything pretty good. Uh, I read it as best I could. And uh, yeah, the... Uh, the cat unacceptable, I kind of... I'm like, alright, that's, you know, that's cats being cats. The splattered shit on the bathroom floor is... And here's the thing. It's like in the middle of the floor and by the toilet and the floor it looks clean. 
So I like this person literally probably ran in there. Somebody might have been in the toilet and they literally couldn't do it. And instead of just shitting all over themselves before they got on a train, they just were like, all right, I'm just going to shit as much as I can here on the floor and just run out. That is brutal. Uh, thank you for the unacceptable, very unacceptable, very disgusting. All right. This is from Jason Travis. Hey, Paul, uh, unacceptable. Parents who just let their kids run around like fucking animals in public. Take care of your kids, dick. So do I have, uh, so I, uh, so I think this is a spelling thing. Take care of your kids, dick. So do I don't have to see your ugly, disgusting fucking animal kids running around and screaming. Um, yeah, I was at a, you know, I was recently out and, uh, I, I we were out. And we saw some really bad behavior with kids. And I looked at my wife and I was like, thank God our kids don't fucking act like that. Seriously. Like, I'm not for hitting my kids. I'm not for slapping the shit out of my kids. Nothing like that. I'm really not. But some of these kids that just clearly take advantage. I saw a kid run up and just smack his mother. Just punch his mother. I saw a kid get punished and like laugh while he was getting punished. And I was like, Jesus, man, this kid's fucking brutal. Absolutely. Like, like I said, all comes from home. Uh, all right, here we go. So here we go. This is from Chris Brown. Hey, Paul. Okay, so last week, for the first time ever, you did an acceptable for the worker at a store, which I found great. People should be recognized when they do a good job. So uh, with that being said, what you said last week about how you can't stop from eating pizza when it's in front of you, just know you're not alone. I'm the same way. Maybe this makes me an animal and I should be caged, but as long as I get a slice going <laughs> into the cage, I'm cool with it. I know pizza is the fucking, I don't give a fuck who you are. It's like turning down a blowjob. It's in fucking, it's impossible. Here, I'll give you an example. When buddies came over to watch hockey, we always get pizza. Um, and in my head, the whole time we're eating, I'm taking the count on how many slices they each ate. Crazy, I know. I have melted cheese problem. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Uh, so with that count in my head, I can be uh, full as fuck uh, off of the five or six slices I ate, but if somebody matches my number, oh, fuck that, I need to always eat the most pizza. I don't do it to brag or anything. It's just for peace of mind, really. <laughs> my wifey says I'm a pizza Nazi, but I say screw that. I'm willing to share. Just don't eat more than me. That's that's all, motherfuckers. Jesus, you really take that shit seriously. You probably think I'm some huge fat ass that hasn't seen his dick since Clinton was in office, but I'm 5'10", 160 pounds, and people always say I'm a small guy. Well, good for you, man. I wish I could eat pizza like that and, and, and be small like that. If I ate five or six slices of pizza on the regular, I'd fucking, I would be, oh my God, I'd be an absolute shit show. That's the thing about me with weight. I can be skinny or fat in like a weekend. I'm serious. I am like two weeks away from being in the shape of my life or being an absolute fucking tank of shit. Okay, here we go. Um, uh, so in ending, I just got to say the way you spoke about looking at a slice of pizza and not being able to not eat it when you see it is so acceptable to me and hopefully other people too. Sorry it was long, but I wish uh, you could hear me clapping for you right now. Standing ovation. Bye for now. Chris Brown from Montreal. Thank you so much, uh, Chris. Thanks for listening. 
and uh, I will be in your neck of the woods. Well, no, I'm sorry. I'll be in your country. I'll be in uh, Toronto. So um, thank you for the submission. Here we go. This is from uh, CB uh, Epion. Is that right? Epion. Epion. Here we go. This is a sound bite. CB Epion. Epion Epion. All right. Hey, Paul, I recently, sorry if I fucked your name up. Hey, Paul, I recently discovered your podcast and have an unacceptable to share that happened a few months ago. Sorry if it's a little long. My girlfriend wanted to see Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes, I know. Uh, I con- uh, And convinced me to go with her. So we arrived the day after opening night at 10 p.m. or so, packed theater, but managed to find seats. Minutes later, a woman in her late 20s comes in with a baby no more than three years old and takes a seat a a few rows ahead of us. I turn to my girl and say, what the fuck is a baby doing in Fifty Shades of Grey? And that is 100% the reaction a normal, fucking logical, smart person who can't stand people doing that would say. She laughs and says, maybe it will be quiet. In case you didn't know, Fifty Shades is based off a novel with graphic bondage sex scenes. So it's already unacceptable that a mother would bring a child that young to see a movie involving graphic sex and nudity. Yeah, and then she's going to wonder why the baby was fucking wrapped in leather at 17. Uh, Sure enough, the baby starts making baby noises when the movie starts. I try to be patient, but after 30 minutes of random baby noises, I got up and informed the manager that a baby was ruining the movie for a packed theater and how unacceptable it was for a toddler to be in that movie to begin with. You're 100% right. He said he understood and a short time later asked the woman to leave. Just thought I would share an example of terrible parenting. Thanks, Paul, for all the laughs. Chris. Well, thank you, Chris. Um, And yeah, dude, that's, uh, you did the right thing. It's like, you're not paying fucking money for that. You know, I mean, you want to jerk off in peace, don't you? Nobody wants to fucking whack off with a baby in the background. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's, it's. Like, I mean, I swear to God, like, if the woman got a fine, I would not even care. I would actually think that that would be just if the woman got a fine. Say, like, look, you got a baby in here, okay? You're in your fucking 20s bringing a baby in here. What the fuck are you doing? The loud noises, fucking graphic shit on the screen, okay? Who knows how old the baby is, but it's fucking images. Babies fucking pick everything up, man. Fuck that. That's ridiculous. Unacceptable. You're 100% right. Thank you for the submission. Okay, uh, Aaron Weber, Paul, I heard on Bill Burr's podcast that he'll be in South Bend for the USC game next month. I'm not sure if you will be touring with him, but if so, I'll be in town and would love to buy you all a round of beer. There you go. That's acceptable. Don't know uh, what your plans are. Notre Dame's uh, student stand-up club would love to meet you, show you around. Looking forward to hearing your new album. Well, thank you, uh Thank you, Aaron, and uh, yes, to answer your question, I will be in South Bend, I will be going to that game, I will be performing out there, so uh, hopefully we run into you guys for sure. Okay, here we go. This is from Jeremy uh, Steenbergen, and he says, uh, Paul, your story on episode 223 about the uh, fast-talking dick at the Wave Running Rental Place reminded me about an encounter I had while buying hockey skates a couple of weeks ago. 
I went to pay for used hockey skates and I noticed a rust spot on the blade. I asked the guy at the counter if that was going to be an issue or if it would come off when I sharpened the blades. He kind of giggled and said, didn't anybody ask you if if you needed help? Oh, wait. wow, didn't anybody ask you if you needed help? I said, yeah, but, and before I could finish, he said, but you said no, right? Then I tried to explain to him, what? What a dick. Tried to explain, see this shit, this is the shit that makes me want to fucking take that hockey blade and just fucking put it right under the guy's jaw and be like, shut the fuck up, you fucking skate salesman. Uh, Explained to him. Then I tried to explain to him that the guy did help me for 30 seconds, but I told him that I'll continue to look and find something that works. Anyway, he then proceeds to interrupt me again before I could tell him that, and he said, look, when you buy a pair of skates, you get a free skate sharpening. First of all, the guy that did help for 30 seconds didn't tell me there was a free skate sharpening with the purchase. Second of all, why why couldn't the dick at the counter just tell me when I asked about the rust spot that I can get a free sharpening with the purchase of the skates without having to make me feel like an idiot for not knowing when it doesn't say anything that you do. Uh, it was doesn't say anywhere uh, that you do. Uh, next time, I'm going to put him in a cage, uh, shove the sharpened skate up his ass, and hear him scream like a fucking animal. Unacceptable. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, man. It's 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 just a guy, and as much as I'm serious, it's just a guy who um, is unhappy with his job. He's unhappy with what he's doing. He's unhappy with his fucking job. All right. He's standing there. He deals with all these people buying skates, and he just—he's such a dickhead. That's really what it comes down to. Okay, here we go. This one is from Lauren, uh, and Lauren says, "Hey, Paul. So I was on Cape Cod with my family for Labor Day when I witnessed this entitled, rude behavior. See attached picture. Okay, I see the picture. I got it. I'll read this and then I'll explain the picture." Okay, so I'm looking here at this picture, and it seems like I see like a big kind of circle with chairs and towels. All right, so let's see. Let's see what happens here. These people decided to, at the crack of dawn, to plot out prime beach real estate by placing chairs and towels uh, artistically in a little sand circle. Okay, I see that. I typically wouldn't have much of an issue with this behavior, but as 2 p.m. rolls around and these beach real estate moguls have not made an appearance all day, it's Labor Day weekend, the beach is packed, everyone is uh, visibly annoyed with the little setup they have going on, uh, and we all can wait to find, and we all can't wait to find out who comes to claim the spot so we can snicker at them. Turns out it's a mom, dad, two small children who show up at like 3.30. I was expecting a frat party of 15 plus hungover people. Unacceptable. I just sat back and gave dirty looks. Does this make them animals? I don't know. But it certainly makes them uh, salmon-colored shorts-wearing entitled assholes. Thanks. Uh, Lauren from New Hampshire. Uh, Yeah, I see the picture, and the picture is... 
it really is a lot of, it does look like at least two or three families could stay there comfortably, and instead they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have seven chairs in like a huge kind of fucking horseshoe, and then a towel in the middle, and it's just sitting there. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, especially that they weren't there all day. I totally see that unacceptable. Thank you for submitting, and um, I appreciate it, so thank you. Those uh, those are the unacceptables, guys. If I didn't get to yours or whatever, um, I'll get to it another time. Definitely keep sending them and, uh, you know, trying to get to uh, new people as well. So please uh, keep sending the unacceptables and I will read them. Thank you. Those are all good and definitely all unacceptable. I uh, wish I did not see the splattered shit on the floor, but it is late and I, I've eaten a long time ago, so that's fine. Uh, let's go to some Twitter unacceptables. Here we go. Um, this is from Drew Engelstein at Drewster. Drewster6395, unacceptable people who do this shit at college campuses and it's a bunch of protesters holding up, judgment is coming, turn to Jesus, um, and then it just says like, warning, lukewarm Christians, it's just a big, yeah, like there's just a bunch of guys, or a bunch of people I should say out of college putting all this stuff up and it is, it's like these kids just want to go to school. They're getting shit done at school. Like, don't, don't fucking do that. That's, that's ridiculous. Thank you for the submission. Um, this one is from Alex um, Beniaz. Beniaz. Uh, here we go. No dividers between urinals at my company. Why not just get a trough? <laughs> Hashtag unacceptable. Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, I've talked about that many times. You know, uh, there's a commercial out now where I don't know if you guys saw it, but there's a commercial out now which actually talks about this fucking unacceptable where a guy is at a urinal, all these other empty urinals, and then a guy goes next to him and starts like looking down at his dick. It's it's fucking hilarious. Um, okay, next one is from uh, Momo at Morgs1223. Somebody got uh, an elevator. Somebody got an elevator, dropped nasty fart, got off next floor. Let us remaining riders choke out by fart flume. <laughs> Hashtag unacceptable. Yes. That, uh, that's brutal. That's fucking brutal. And you just gotta, yeah, that's unacceptable for sure. Here we go. This one is from Eric Lundy at Eric underscore Lundy. That's L-U-N-D-Y. Unacceptable Dallas News and uh, the article of the Dallas News headline is um, that a ninth grader arrested for taking homemade clock to school. Uh, Ahmed Mohammed swept up hoax bomb. Oh, yeah, shit, charges. Yeah, so I, I didn't know the whole story, but I guess this guy, um, I don't know what is it, so a hoax bomb, he's swept up, hoax bomb, charges swept away as Irving Teen um, story floods social media. So apparently it shows the picture of this 14-year-old kid, some of the electronic components in his bedroom that uh, doubles as his workshop at his family's uh, Irving, Ir yeah, Irvine, Irvine home. Uh, and then his three-year-old sister is there with him, and he's making... I guess he's made a homemade clock and it looks like a fucking bomb. <laughs> that is, 
Dude, I mean, but like, can we be honest here? Listen, he's a 14-year-old kid, um, you know, and I guess, you know, he tried to, he tried to make something and he made a homemade clock out of shit. I mean, this is what I'm getting from it. And uh, it looks like a bomb. Now, look, man, I'm going to be honest here. If the kid's smart and he was able to make something and he went, <laughs> I just find it fucking hilarious. You got to see this thing, dude. It looks like the bomb in fucking the movie Airplane 2 that that Sonny Bono rest his soul had. If you're, listen, if you're like a Middle Eastern kid and your name is Ahmed Muhammad and you come into school with a fucking thing that looks with like wires and shit coming out of it, it's going to make people nervous. Should the kid have been arrested? Like, I don't know, but it's still, I mean, maybe not arrested, no, but somebody needs to be like, listen, Muhammad, this might not be the best time for this shit. (laughs) His pants, Muhammad, have you told your friends what you're bringing to school? And, uh, yeah, and it fucking freaked everybody out, mom and dad. Thanks for not stepping up and, uh, <laughs> I don't even know. That's unacceptable on many levels with that one. Thank you for the submission. Um, all right. So let's see here. I feel bad for, do I feel bad for the kid? Yeah, but it that's comical, man. That really is comical. Let's see if I can find any other ones here. They're harder to find. Because of the, um, all right, here we go. Justin, Justin Pittman at Justin T. Pittman. Uh, just saw a woman dunk a piece of cornbread into buffalo sauce and blue cheese. Unacceptable. You know what? It's, it's unacceptable if any of those ingredients make you sick, but it might be fucking unbelievable. It might be. Who knows? Jake Lewis at Here Is Jake sent me a picture of Romo with his fists up in the air. Hashtag unacceptable. You were absolutely right on many levels. Um, yeah. Uh, this is from uh, Phil Oakley at Phil Oakley 9. It said, That's past interference. Ridiculous and obvious. Hashtag unacceptable. I think I know the call he's talking about. Or I, actually, I don't even know, but there's so many fucking bad calls. Um,. This is from uh, Matt from Tennessee, at Matt from MD, and it's at Matt from TN. And uh, he just showed a picture of a Raiders fan painted with a skull and a horn coming out of his head. Is that unacceptable? Yeah, I mean, I would never. I mean, I just hope that guy does not have children because it looks fucking ridiculous. Um, Is that it? I'm still scrolling. Oh, here we go. Okay. Let's see here. Uh... Okay, yeah, no, that's that's going to be it for the Unacceptables. How far are we? That was pretty long, but I think we got there. All right, we got plenty of time. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the Unacceptables. If you have an Unacceptable, please send it to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. I will read them. If you have something that you want me to talk about, I will read that as well. Uh, that's what I do. I'm going to do my Unacceptable real quick and uh, and then move on. Now, I have an issue with Facebook now. Okay, I I really really think that Facebook is turning into it's turning into the news a lot more than it did before. It's a lot of awful terrible stories. It's seeing people get beat up, it's seeing people get knocked out. 
It's, you know, there are some funny ones and stuff, but it's just getting to the point where it's like people are posting about people that are dying and, and like, oh, I knew somebody, rest in peace to so-and-so who died. And it's just getting really fucking depressing. And I would not be on social media. I was never going to be on, even back in the day on MySpace, I wasn't going to be on it because I just thought it was silly. But as a performer and somebody that is, you know, trying to, you know, you try to get your brand out there. You want, you want people to see what you do. It's just something you have to have. You cannot be in show business. You cannot be a performer and not have this. It just doesn't make any sense. But at least like, you know, MySpace and the early days of Facebook were kind of like, all right, you know, who are my friends on here? I haven't seen that person. Oh, that's a fan. They came to see me at a show in Atlanta or they saw me in New York or, you know, they saw me in Kentucky just, you know, and they're, they're here and, and great, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the quick interaction with friends and family and fans. But now it's just turning into this fucking, like, I don't want to see some fucking, you know, chick crying, somebody drunk, some stupid, like, confession, somebody fucking dying. I don't want to see blood on the street. I just don't want to fucking see it, man. My, I got family, friends, and all that shit. And, and my, I mean, Facebook is really getting, turning me off. And I know some comedians that got off it because of this. My wife for a while got off it because she didn't want to see these stories. And I was like, what do you mean? And now I get it. But here's my fucking unacceptable, Okay. These fucking disgusting, and shame on me for friending these people because I didn't do my research enough, but these people are requesting me as friends, and then I'm just looking at fucking disgusting porn on my page. Like, I gotta be at fucking work, and these piece of shit, raised, awful, just fucking damaged assholes are posting up pictures of porn and porn videos on my fucking Facebook page and it's fucking unacceptable. I'm unfriending all of them and I hope they fucking get beaten to death with the big dicks that are showing up on my fucking page. Okay? I hope somebody fucking beats them to death with a fucking hard cock right over their head and then fucking pisses on their fucking head. I swear to God. And then somebody puts that posting on their fucking Facebook page and says, look, this is what happens when you go to fucking decent people's Facebook page and you post this fucking garbage. Have some fucking respect. Every time I'm fucking at work and I got people going, dude, you got to go to your Facebook page. This person did. And it was like these people are like posing as friends and fans and whatever. And like now I'm performing a lot. So I don't fucking know. I don't want to be the rude asshole. See, that's the double edged sword. I don't want to be some rude dick going, oh, well, this guy, fuck this guy. This guy didn't take my friend request. And then all of a sudden, it's a friend request. So now I'm unfollowing people. I'm blocking people. I'm, 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 I am have to look and monitor everything that I put on there. But it's fucking, I will unfriend anybody. It's fucking unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Grow the fuck up. You know what I mean? What do you think? I'm going to fucking look at that and go, oh, wow, I got to go to that site. It's like I have fucking a family, you fucking low-life piece of shit. Do that fucking shit in your own privacy. Look at that. Don't put it on somebody's... Don't put a spam of porn on somebody's Facebook page. I swear to God, I said it and I meant it. I hope there's a fucking serial killer that just goes after these fucking people. Them and bloggers. Fucking them and bloggers. That's who I'm fucking rooting for. The new Bonnie and Clyde. Somebody just fucking off in these fucking lowlifes. Fucking ridiculous. And that's what I want to do. I want to get a cup of coffee and go on my social media and see a fucking cock and some fucking fake fucking triple G's hanging on my fucking thing first thing in the morning. It's like, what are you doing? Grow the fuck up. Some fucking sad fucking chick whose fucking father was drinking Meisterbrow while she was stripping from the age of 15. And now she's putting shit on there. Fucking shame on her. 
She should fucking get beaten. That's what should happen. And 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 dudes too. I don't give a fuck. Anybody doing this. Fucking you low life damaged awful people. That's what you are. You're low lives, you're damaged. You got nothing, so you just fucking look at that smut and you put it on. Oh, yeah, this would be fun. We'll go to this comedian's page and put this on. He might like it. No, I don't like it. You fucking zeros. I swear to God, it's one of the most unacceptable things that I've ever had to deal with, like, as a, as an adult, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to fucking build something. I got a Facebook page. I got fans, and my fans get interested in clips or what's going on. You know, fan wants to see what's going on. When's the new podcast coming out? Oh, yeah, let me go to Paul's page and see. Oh, yeah, did episode... Oh, wow, that's a really big, huge dick with some chick, you know, jumping on it, and there's a video on it. Wow. Yeah, right next to the picture of his family and kids at the fucking... It's like, what are you doing? Unfriend these people, man. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm being... I know some of this shit may come across as funny, you know, but I am dead serious when I say, like, don't encourage these people. Because I'll tell you right now, anybody that fucking supports that, anybody that's about that shit, dude, you're getting off my fucking page. You know, you want to respect me and like me for my art form. You want to like me because you like my podcast. You want to fucking go on there and be like, oh, this guy, I like this guy. This guy seems like he's got good friends and a nice family and I like what he's doing great. You put that shit on, dude, you're fucking getting blocked off and I'm reporting that shit because it's ridiculous, man. It's fucking garbage. It's fucking garbage. Grow up and look yourself in the mirror, okay? It's not my fault you fucking have a shitty job and you got to fucking suck cock or you got a bunch of friends who do that shit for a living because you don't know how to fucking read or whatever it is you're doing. I don't give a shit. You know something? And I don't give a shit if you were fuck, if you, you had a fucked up childhood. I had a fucked up childhood. We all did. Stop that shit. It's fucking gross. Grow up. Fucking, it's a joke, dude. It's It's unacceptable. It's, it's unacceptable putting shit on people's, and it's not, I see it, it's, it's all over the place. I gotta have my fucking wife go, hey babe, how's the shows going tonight? Good, yeah, you working hard? Listen, um, yeah, these fucking, there's a group sex thing on your page, is everything okay? Yeah, no, not everything's okay. I'm literally, I was literally down in the city performing, I had to go on my Facebook, go to my page, and delete all these fucking sex scenes that were on there. Makes me look like I'm some fucking pervert, I mean, I know people know it's not coming from me. I'm telling you, I'm encouraging, I'm asking everybody the same way that you call out people for their unacceptable shit, block these people and fucking get them off the thing. And shame on fucking Mark Zuckerberg or whoever the fuck made this thing. Like, what are you doing? Have some sort of, have some sort of thing where as soon as that comes up, don't you have a team? You guys got fucking a hundred billion dollars. Can't you have a team where it's like as soon as somebody does that, they're fucking like eliminated from it? Is there something, or, or I, you know, I got to become some fucking FBI investigator and start reporting spam and delete this and fill out an application to get these people off while you're busy fucking putting together a dislike button that you guys probably been working on for the last six months, you fucking dopes. Jesus. All these fucking sick people are on there, and these people are worried about, oh, we got a like button. Well, now you can interact with your fucking, you can I am this, or you can I am that. Yeah, how about you fucking get disgusting shit off of there? And I don't want to see somebody get shot in the fucking head on Facebook either. How about that? Can we get that shit off too? Listen, guys, I'm no fucking prude. I like violence, but you know what I like it? I like it when I'm watching a fucking Quentin Tarantino movie. Or I like it when I'm fucking, you know, being entertained by it. Not when I'm sitting there trying to check out a fucking status my friend has or something going on and I got to see some shit like that my kids around and shit that's my fucking unacceptable fuck these people man 
fucking animals. You want to talk about put them in a cage? They should all be fucking put in a cage and drowned in fucking piss and jizz. That's what the fuck they should do. Fucking assholes. All right, maybe drowned in piss and jizz took it one step where I didn't have to go, okay? Maybe that's... I kind of went... I got a little... I'm sorry. You know, didn't need to take it there. We already talked about, you know, a disgusting episode in the bathroom. Didn't need to take it to the jizz and piss. You're probably at work eating right now. I'm sorry. Okay, beating with a cock might have been a little harsh too, but not as bad as the, the drowning thing. So I will kind of take that back. Speaking of taking things back, uh, that's my unacceptable, by the way, guys. I can't stand these fucking people. And And listen, I hope, here's what I hope. I hope some of those people get fucking cracked in the face by the Oakley glass fucking people. Okay, the Oakley glasses. I hope, here's what I hope happens. I hope all the porn and Oakley glass people can get together, rounded up in a room, and everybody just gets cracked in the fucking face, but with the fist of sunglasses as the brass knuckles into everybody's face. Um, I have to take back an unacceptable that I did a while ago because I kept, so, I saw this kid again. I did an unacceptable about a guy with really bad acne when I was buying food in, an, in, a, in a supermarket. Now, I know what you're probably saying. No, Paul, that was a good one. You shouldn't have to see a guy with fucking pimples and all this shit on when you're getting food. Here's the thing. I went back and I saw kind of the same guy and he looked like he was cleaning his face up. But this guy clearly has a problem and he can't help it. And my wife was even like, I was like, yeah, that guy, was, you know, it's kind of, and I'm buying fruit and shit and I don't want to see, you know what I mean? And uh, my wife was like, that's fucked up. This guy probably has a problem. And like the guy's trying to do it. And I guess the guy can't fix all of his pimples before he goes to work. Because he's going to have, <laughs> my wife goes, I go, I go, can't you just pop a pimple? And, fix? and my wife goes, if that guy popped a pimple, he'd have fucking band-aids all over his face. And I just started laughing. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to be rung up by a mummy <laughs> when it's not Halloween time. So I'm going to take that back. This guy clearly has an issue with acne. And he just has a job. And he's trying to do his best. I'm going to take that one back. All right, it's still gross, and maybe somebody should say, "Hey, dude, like you know, let's check out some 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 solutions for you." But uh, I, the, calling a guy unacceptable when he has clearly a disorder or whatever, uh, I'm gonna take it back. As a kind of guy, I am. You guys, this is episode 225. We got a lot left here. Okay, I hope you guys are enjoying the show. 225. Um. Also, I um. Two things. One, I want to shout out comedian Gary Veter. Gary Veter is a comedian I run into all the time. Uh, I wouldn't say me and Gary are like like friends, friends, but he's just a guy. It's like, hey, what's going on? Talk all the time. See him at clubs. You know, do shows with him. He got to the finals on America's Got Talent tonight. He got to the top ten, and uh, that's an achievement in itself. Uh, so uh, shout out to him. He got a lot of good exposure. Really funny, clever joke writer, a style all his own, and I just wanted to shout that out. So, sh- so shout out to Gary Vita. Congratulations on a great run, great TV exposure, and um, there you go. So I'm sure if you, I don't know if you guys saw it or whatever. Um, so here's what happens today with my cats. All right. Got a story about my cats. So I have my cats. Okay. My cats, Stanley and Thomas. Now, Stanley and Thomas are real brothers. They come from the same litter. Uh, the mother had six kittens. Five of them were boys, one female. I was told, I'm giving you guys a backstory on this shit. Okay. I was told that uh, the female went real quick. Now, my wife turned 26 years old way back when. 
She was in Florida. I picked her up from the airport. I wanted to have a kitten waiting for her, right? I have a kitten waiting for her. It's the kind of guy I am. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to get a fucking, you know. We kind of were only dating for a few years. We had just moved in together. I'm not going to go crazy, but I know she, you know, I think it would be cool. You know, she, to get her, I'm going to get her, yeah, I'm obviously going to get her something else, but I'll get her a card. And I was like, oh, I'll do some fucking cute shit. I'll get a card with a cat on it and I'll fucking I'll be a cat. You know, that's some that's some cool shit. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a car with a kitten on it. Great. And then all of a sudden, yeah, fucking look, uh, responsibility for 15 years. So now a friend helped out. We went the day before while my wife, me and my wife's girlfriend, Lisa, who worked at this, um, Lisa, who worked at this, like, pet place or whatever we went out we drove we went to like north shore animal league in long island nothing there lisa was like just get a fucking dog and i'm like no the landlord doesn't want she's like ah, he'll he'll, he'll let you i'm like no lisa we can't get a dog so the next morning lisa calls me up and she goes paul i found a cat i'm just bringing him to you right now it's a great looking cat whatever so she comes over with this cat the cat's cool cat's really cool so i'm like hours away from picking up my way from the airport she's coming in from uh florida so I put the cat in the fucking bathroom. I get a card. I do the whole thing. I'm going to bring my wife from the airport and see the cat. Here's the problem. I didn't pick the cat. And that wasn't sitting right with me. So me, my crazy fucking competitive, prideful, OCD ass, I fucking drive to the shelter where this cat was to see if out of the litter that's left, if this was the cat I would have picked. Now, I like the cat she brought. He was cool cat, nice. You could tell he was going to be a big fucking cat because even as like a seven-week-old kitten, his hair was at his fucking big hands and shit, right? My cats are fucking huge. People come over, they're like, dude, that is crazy. Like, my cats look like fucking baby leopards walking around. It's fu- I actually think it's awesome, right? Like, this, this, my cat is fucking no, like, hawks, we have hawks up here flying around, and they look for cats and shit to kill, and even the hawks are looking down like, nah, fuck that, I can't lift that. You know, <laughs> it's like, nah, not lifting a fucking 20 pound fucking thing. It was like a little bear. So I go in and I look and this fucking like light eyed grayish cat just comes over like curious, cool as shit. And I'm like, I knew right away. He had like this crazy soft, like silky looking finish. And I was like, man, this fucking, this is the cat I would have got. I would have got this cat. So I don't get the cat because I got to go to the get, get my wife. So I get my wife from the airport. I say happy birthday. I give her the card. As she's reading the card, she hears meowing coming from the bathroom. She goes, oh, my God, is that a cat? Is that a cat? So she gets the cat. She's excited. So I'm talking to her. I was like, listen, Stacy, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't pick this cat. We went looking. I was definitely going to get you a cat, but I can't say that I handpicked this cat. I don't feel right saying that. It's the kind of guy. I'm like, I'm not fucking going to say, oh, yeah, look, he fits you. I looked at his face and I thought you. So she's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, you know, I just, Lisa picked it out because we had a hard time finding it. She was helping me. She came over with it this morning, but I went and I actually looked at the litter and I wanted to see if this is the cat I would have picked. And she's like, is it? I was like, I got to be honest with you. There's this gray cat, really cool. Next day, my wife goes and picks the gray cat. She goes and picks him. So my wife's cat, the one that I picked, I mean, the one that Lisa picked out, his name is Thomas. And the cat that I picked, that my wife picked up afterwards is Stanley. And they're real brothers and they're fucking huge and cool looking. Now they were indoors, so they only got like one real checkup, got fixed, all that shit. They were indoors for eight years. Now we live up in the country and for two years they're out. They're killing fucking mice every single day, guys. There's dead mice and dead birds around my foot. My cats are fucking serial killers. It, they are putting up numbers that, are, I mean, I've mentioned it before. My cats are fucking Hall of Famers. It's ridiculous. If my cats were a fucking sports franchise right now, okay, Thomas would be the Patriots minus the cheating, 
and fucking Stanley would be like the Steelers or like the Giants or like one of those teams with four or five rings. They are fucking insane. I mean, every day, and as a sign of affection, they it's really fucked up how they kill a mouse. A cat, you ever see a cat kill a mouse? What they do is they just fucking like bat it around. This poor thing is like running for its life, and the cat's like, dude, don't you realize I got four long legs? I mean, you're not getting out of here. It's literally like nature's way of like serial killer, like the way a serial killer ties somebody up and brings them in a basement. That's what a cat does with a mouse. It's just in a garage or fucking in a driveway. They're just fucking just fuck with it until they bludgeon it to death. And then they put it in their mouth and they walk it over to where the owner, the human, us, is going to see it. And that's a sign of affection and it's a trophy saying, look, dude, I'm doing my fucking job. Okay. I am living up to my cat. I am crushing it right now. So, I mean, I got birds in my drive. The other day, I just saw a bird struggling, dying. I was like, I got to go in there later when it's dead. I mean, they're killing everything. Cardinals, fucking robins. It, it, honestly, it looks like, like a, like a, fuck, a, fuck. <laughs> it, it looks like a drunken fucking hunter who just got fired from every job was just given like a fucking pellet gun and a case of beer and just told to sit in my backyard. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So anyway, now today I was like, man, you know, I gotta, I gotta check these cats out. You know, they were inside for years with all their vaccinations and they never were outside, but now it's been like two years. They got to go and they got to get to the vet. I go to this fucking vet and it's like a real doctor's office. Like you go into the little room, they got like pictures and shit on the wall. It was almost like, I was like, wow, this is going to be some doctors going to come in, not realizing that vets are fucking crazy. You know, she's like, well, you know, your cats, um, you know, here's one thing. First of all, okay, I'm just throwing this out there first. Just got to say, you got to keep them inside because if you keep them inside, you know, it prevents them from leukemia, it prevents them from this, it prevents them from that. And I'm just staring at her talking. She goes, now, you know, we, we, we you know, we'll take some blood. We're going to give them the rabies shot. We're going to give them this. Now, your cats, um, how are they? And she's just talking to me and I'm just like, and she's like, so you let them out, huh? You don't want them in the house? And she's kind of like acting like this, like, like animal God. And I'm, and, and she's telling me all these things. Well, listen, we'll take blood and this and that. And okay. Well, they look pretty, you know, and like the whole thing. And it just took so long. And my daughter's in there and I'm going, my physical doesn't take this long. My kid's physical doesn't take this long. Look, lady, I got two cats. Okay. They act young as shit. They're 10 years old. They're crushing it right now. I just want to make sure they're okay. Thomas has like a little fucking spot in his eye. I want to make sure that it's nothing like that. And like after so long, like you should really, now, did you not want to do the, I mean, it's up to you. I would tell, but you know, that's something you should think about now. If you give them the shot, I mean, I, I would give them the shot, but there's a one in 35,000 chance that the shot could actually give them leukemia. And I'm just looking at, I'm like, lady, look, man, these things got, I mean, I love these cats. These things got a good five, six years left. Okay. I don't know what the fuck they're going to get. They're out there crushing it right now. They're living the fucking cat dream. Okay, they're running around. They can run around a big house during the day. They got a two fucking car garage with no cars in it. That's completely basically for them. They fucking they got it made. They eat. They, they're 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 crushing it right now. They have a land to run around and do whatever. Like, what are you saying to me? Okay, look at my cats and be like, yeah, your cats are gonna live another two three years, or they're fucking not. Tell me what I need to do instead of this whole shit. And maybe I'm being rude. She was thorough, but she was talking to me. As if I had a fucking decision on a on an immediate family member to pull a plug or not in ICU. I'm like, lady, this cat just fucking knocked out 
three mice yesterday and two birds. He's he's fine. Okay, he's at an, an Olympic level right now. I want to know is the brown spot in his eye? So then she opens Stanley's mouth and she's like, "Oh, Stanley's got a little little thing in his gums, so you might want to do this." I mean, I'd get him some dental work at six hundred bucks. I'm like, "Look, I'm like, lady, lady, I gotta go to the dentist before this fucking cat goes to the dentist. I gotta. All right, you know, I gotta get a cleaning. Just make sure shit's right." I've been, you know, doing everything, you know, I've been doing everything with my teeth right, but I haven't had them checked in the, in, in the time I needed to have them checked. So I'm going this month to get my, you know, I floss and shit. I do all that, but my cat's not going to the dentist before me to get some fucking cleaning. All right. So she's just really weird and talking weird. And like, I I just want it to be like, dude, what, like, and it fucking costs a few hundred dollars for my cats to get checked. I'm cool with that. They both got they both got two shots. The Thomas's eye is fine. She's like, no, it's it's normal. I look back there, his retina's fine. I was like, listen, he's not going blind. This is all I want to know. Listen, is my cat's fucking eye fucked up? No, it's fine. Great. What's going on? You gave him the shots, good. And then she's like, well, listen, they're older, so they really don't need the leukemia shot because as they get older, they could kind of fight it. And if they, even if they did get it, it'd be like somebody today living with AIDS or HIV. And I'm just. I was just looking at her, and in my mind, I'm literally thinking in my mind, does this lady know that I I really, really don't give a fuck or want to hear this explanation? I want to hear, are my cats okay, and what the fuck is going to happen? That's it, all right? I'm not worried about fucking Stanley getting Novocaine and getting a fucking teeth cleaning. What are you going to give the fucking thing x-rays to? Just, he fucking, he's eating mice and birds all day. Of course he's got a gum infection. You know, just tell me what to put in his water or what to do. Cause I mean, I, I mean, I'll try to brush the little bastard's teeth. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. It was just weird and bizarre. It was, it was weird and bizarre. And it just took me a second because I'm so used to sitting in these rooms with my kids where this friendly doctor comes in and everything is nice. And like I came in and the room looked the same. And then this person just came in like talking about it. Like I was like, is this condescending? Is this like textbook? Is she, I mean, I thanked her for being thorough, but I was just like, is this fucking normal? You know, what if, what if I had a dog? She's going to ask me to get fucking life insurance. So that was the, uh, that was the uh, situation t- today. That was the situation today with the cats. I took my cats to the vet and, it, you know, it was a little more than I, my daughter was just like, daddy, she's literally was like, daddy, I want water. I want water. And I wanted to say to the lady, lady, do you understand that like, if both of these cats had to be fucking whacked right now, okay, you're going to want that to happen if my daughter starts up. Because if my daughter starts up, it's fucking over. All right, you're going to want to give yourself a fucking rabies shot in the neck if my daughter doesn't get a fucking slice of pizza and a cold bottle of water in a second. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, let's get into some stuff here. Um, Movies. I was watching a movie, and uh, somebody actually recommended it. It's called Point and Shoot, and it's about this American dude who kind of wanted an adventure in his life, and he traveled, and he went to, like, fucking Libya, and he got friends in Libya. Long story short, okay, the guy ends up going to Libya to fight, like, for freedom against Gaddafi with, like, his friends from Libya. And, like, he got put in some fucking prison and he was going to die there. But luckily, like, inmates escaped and got him out. And then he was, like, fighting it. And I didn't get to watch the whole thing. But 
This was a guy who uh, loved adventure. They showed home videos. He always wanted to do some sort of adventure stuff and have adventures. And then he loved this one guy on TV who would like get a motorcycle and go to Africa and like look at all the animals and he wanted to do stuff like that so he buys a fucking motorcycle he goes out to the Middle East he rides his motorcycle through fucking Africa Libya all these places Europe he's just doing it and then he ends up fucking being a freedom fighter with the rebels against Gaddafi in Libya and all I'm thinking is like has this guy heard a paintball or like has this guy like out the last fucking thing I'm gonna do all right, I'm, I'm. I swear to God, like I know this is gonna sound funny, but the la- like if I wanted adventures and shit, like the last thing I would ever do, ever, like if you were like Paul, <laughs> there's a <laughs> there's a list of a thousand things. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm making myself laugh right now. I'm enjoying this podcast probably more than you guys are, but I'm having fun. If somebody was like Paul, there's a list of a thousand things. Okay, and in order and priorities and shit, you got to put it. Being a a rebel fighter against Gaddafi in Libya as an American in the 2000s would be like nine millionth. (laughs) Like I, there, it just could never. I mean, listen, I get the guy had friends and shit, but like, it's just as amazing to me how people are looking for something else. They're looking for some sort of meaning or worth or finding themselves and to do things and I just get but I just never understood how someone's like you know what I need to find myself I'm gonna climb Mount Everest and hopefully I find who I really it's like listen man just go for a walk smoke a cigar talk to people but like don't go to Libya don't get it was an interesting movie it kept me I was interested but at the whole time I'm just going dude you did this to yourself at one point he's laying in a little box in solitary confinement in this little box for five and a half months in the dark. He said he had to make up stories in his head to to be relevant. So all the noises he heard he thought was like people talking about him. And anytime he heard like news people or anybody running, it was just like he made this whole fabrication to this whole thing in his head that the news was talking about him and he was this worldwide story and, and all the commotion out there was about him and they were eventually going to open. He had to like make this thing up just to fucking not lose his mind. And on top of the solitary, there was a tiny little hole for air, you know, no bigger. You probably couldn't even fit a baseball in this hole. And it, he just like looked up at the stars at night through it. And then finally one day the doors opened and he thought they were coming to get him. And it was fucking prisoners who escaped and like just were opening the door for all the prisoners. And he got out and they all ran out and he got away. And like the next day he was just hanging at his friend's house in fucking Libya. Like, and you know, it was normal again for him. But I'm just thinking, dude, do you realize, okay, that in the time you did that fucking Xbox... I think like Xbox 360 was introduced. You know, you could have played fucking Call of Duty. You could have fucking done anything you wanted to do. You could have fucking, you know what I mean? You could have fucking been in fantasy football leagues. You could have fucking applied at a fucking Buffalo Wild Wing. Anything. To just not fight against Gaddafi's fucking soldiers in Libya as an American. Like grew his beard. I mean, listen, I don't, I'm not trying to knock the guy. But like, you just, like, what, like, I just, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't understand what some people are thinking, guys. I just don't. You know, check it out and watch it. Tell me what you think. I thought it was fucking nuts. 
I thought the guy was out of his mind. I thought the guy was like, you know, I mean, I guess not anti-American, but just like, and I think he was like an only child, maybe. Yeah, I think he was like an only child. So like his, he would, and his girlfriend was just this American chick living. He was like living when he's like, ah, I got to leave. I got to go. You got to take me to the airport now. I got to go to Libya. He like saw shit on TV. Like he went and came back. And then when he came back, he was just hanging out with his girlfriend. He saw shit with Libya. And he's like, oh, my friends are getting killed out there. I got to go. And it was, and, and like his girlfriend was like, I was pissed. He didn't even give me a day. He said, I got to go to the airport right now. I was like, yeah, I'd be pissed. I'd also be like, listen, dude, you got to fucking, you got to find a new girlfriend. Like I can't, I can't just be fucking, you know, we can't be at fucking Outback ready to go see straight out of Compton. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, you know what? I got to go fucking resolve something in Iran. It's like, what do you... Just fucking stay here, dude. You're American. Go get some Twizzlers and relax. So that was a movie that I saw. Um, now I got to get to sports real quick. We're an hour and 11 minutes in. Um, I hope I'm not coming across as an asshole. I think this is fucking hilarious because it's really how I feel. I'm in one of these moods right now, and I know sometimes it translates to a good podcast, and sometimes it probably doesn't, but I'm in one of these moods right now where I just literally have to get things off of my chest and just talk, <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. I just, I'm just being as honest as I could possibly be right now, and I, I hope it's translating. You're not like, wow, fucking, is Paul high? No, I'm not high. Not yet. All right. The New York Giants game was absolutely sickening. My little brother was over. We smoked a stick. We had some drinks. We were watching the game. Giants had the Cowboys in in hand, man. It was in control. The building was silent. I don't want to hear Cowboy fans going, no, no, we had it in the bag. You didn't have it in the bag. All right. And I heard Rashad Jennings was told not to score, fall, fall on the one-yard line. What is that about? Can somebody explain to me how if the Giants punch that in for in the end zone for a touchdown, a game's not over? Game's over. Game's over. What do you mean just just try to, and then Eli throws it out of bounds, given time, the defensive backs collapse, and they go in. And when I saw 26 to 20, I was like, that fucking extra point is going to fucking kill us. And sure enough, with I believe it was 13 seconds left, or 7 seconds, whatever it was, they go down by 1, and it was a devastating loss. And I heard to add insult to injury, the Giants' plane was delayed four hours after the loss, so they just had to sit there after that brutal, brutal loss. Uh, I don't know who to blame. I don't know if it's Coughlin. I don't know if it's Eli. I don't know what happened. You never know what these things because sometimes it's always like a you know a guy trying to like save another guy's reputation or not throw anybody under the bus and you know. But a, a, a Giants defense that didn't play that great was fucking playing you know gritty gutsy they were they were bending but not breaking um you know offense didn't look great but they kept it you know they kept it together defense made a couple of and and then to lose that game by one is brutal but the Eagles lost in the division I believe I don't know if the Redskins the Redskins lost and the Cowboys won so it's only one game but uh, not the way you want to start for sure uh and the biggest surprise to me was the Colts because the Colts were in my suicide thing and that got fucked um, I thought the Colts were going to come out and make a statement after getting the shit kicked out of them in the AFC Championship game to the Patriots by whatever it was. I thought they were going to come out and all, all that deflate gate shit, and then they get they get the shit kicked out of them. And I thought they were going to come out and win, and they come out and lose. But I still like Andrew Luck, and I still like their chances in the playoffs.
I know the Yankees are doing good. I know that's coming down to the wire. That's really all I have for sports. Let's get into some plugs. Please, guys, do not forget. Do not forget um, my uh, my debut comedy album, uh, Paul Verzi, Night at the Stand. Pre-sales this Friday the 18th. You could pre-order it. The diehard Verzi effectors got to pre-order that shit on, on the 18th. Um, please let me know. Give me feedback on the album when you get it. It will be released on September 25th. There will be an album release party in New York City. There will be an album release party in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm going to do a ton of radio and podcast tour for it. So hopefully wherever you are, you'll hear me on some podcast somewhere that you listen. I'm sure if you listen to this, you listen to other ones. Um, plugs, I will be... So I have a busy uh, thing coming up here, but I'll let you guys know where I'm going to be. Um... I'm actually going to be touring with Bill Burr again. We don't get to do it that much, but a couple times a year. You know, the old band likes to get back together, so there's some really cool stuff going on. So here's what's going on. At the uh, Bass Concert Hall in Austin, Texas, I will be um, on two shows, September 21st with Bill Burr. At the Jones Hall in Houston, I will be there uh, two shows the 23rd. In Dallas at the Majestic, two shows the 24th. San Antonio at the uh, Laurie Auditorium. And then um, the 27th through October 2nd, I will be at the Just for Laughs 42 Festival. 42 comedians in the country go to the Just for Laughs Festival in Toronto. And uh, I'm thrilled to be uh, on that show, on that lineup, because it's it's just amazing show to be on. And then um, when I come back... I am going on a bus tour with the Four Horsemen. And looks like the cities I will be going to will be, it looks like, I got to definitely, but there, and there's more to be added, but Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Detroit, Grand Rapids, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Chicago, um, and more. So check that out. They'll all be on paulverzi.com. So go to that. Follow me on Twitter, at paulverzi. Um, this went fast, so I hope it's good. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It's been episode 225. Go to gonzofame.com and check out uh, the great website. Go to brookingsmediation.com or call John Burton at 877-415-7770 for a free consultation if you're going through any kind of divorce or bankruptcy or debt settlement. It's mediation. It's smart. It saves money. It saves time. Please check it out. Tell them the Verzi Effect sent you, and they'll take care of you. Uh, Also, all things comedy. And uh, don't forget, guys, pre-sales on the album. Let me know uh, if you bought it, when you buy it, what you think of it, all that stuff. I'll post the artwork and all that stuff on there as well. Uh, Until episode 226 next Wednesday, I'm out of here. I hope everybody has a great uh, week. I'll talk to you guys soon.